Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Luga the Barbarian. I need some epic music there, Light. I'll, I'll go talk to my brother and see if he can uh, create us some more epic music. I think he did the intro for this one. <laughs> what what I need is I need to be able to go, I am Logar the Barbarian, have it be like, like right after. Just a quick little a burst, you know, a burst of music that kind of like accents that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> accent burst. I am Logar the Barbarian. <laughs> let, let me go talk to him and have him program it. Another intro for you. <laughs> no, it wouldn't even be an intro. It's just a, a little piece to Fan- put in after I say what my name is. A, a little bit of fanfare. <laughs> fanfare. I've got a question for you. Yes. Am, am I a grognard? Well, that's an interesting question. You know, are we <laughs> grognards? I mean, Let's- how would you define a grognard? Okay. I want to answer that question right there because apparently a grognard was a it was a veteran of the napoleonic wars wow that's going pretty far back i don't think there's (laughs) any of those people left today yeah i don't think any of those left anymore well napoleonic war gaming led directly to DD gaming and grognard got kind of added to people who play i guess it, it became the the term for people who played those old war games Right. I mean, technically, it's an old soldier or, like you said, an old soldier from the Napoleonic Imperial Guard type of era. I'm not. Well, I am. I am. I am. I am a veteran of the Marine Corps, but not that old. You know, when I was (laughs) in, it was very, uh, very 9-11 era. You know, it was not the Napoleonic Wars. There was a lot more sand involved. (laughs) I was in a lot more deserts. Yeah. So, I mean, within the gaming world let's say uh, what a grognard is it's, it's an old school gamer probably right from playing yeah. the early war gaming and probably some of the old D. yeah older D editions i think is usually where it's applied to i listen to radio grognard have you ever heard the radio grognard podcast it's very uh, honestly structured this a little bit off of what he's doing is this really quick short daily type episodes frequently short episodes I enjoy listening to him. He talks about a lot of that old stuff that I'm into. <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, there's different aspects of being grognard, right? It could be you like old role-playing games, like the uh, original D&D or BX, perhaps, uh, first edition. But then, you know, I'll, I'm also hesitant sometimes to label myself as a grognard because we have seen some very... Um, conservative type opinions where they're homophobic transphobic and racist that has been associated with being grognard and that is something that we are not yeah I'm not, I'm not gonna try so there's like this stereotype of being a hateful bastard right exactly and i try to not be that you know we are again we're pro-women we're pro-lgbtq plus we're pro-trans we're against racism we're anti-fascist so in that sense we don't consider ourselves part of that class of the grognard community where they're they they're so i don't know embroiled and loving oriental adventures which i can't stand that term now obviously i mean you know we have to move on with the with the current world and not be caught up in the old racist tropes of history so it's okay to look at what you were into as a kid and and see it for what it was and be able to say, okay, there were probably some areas we should improve and change. 
society doesn't move forward unless we make improvements. You know, we don't want to be stuck in the dark ages for the rest of our life as we learn. Go on about Hegel. (laughs) I love Hegel. Uh, The dialectical process, you know, you have this back and forth of change that occurs. You have two, you have this, the old, let's say, let's say the progressive and then the regressive and they're struggling back and forth. And somewhere there comes a synthesis of the two. It's all about advancing further forward. And that occurs all the time in society. Society is not stagnant. It, It evolves, it changes cultures and what's acceptable or normal in society evolves and changes. Our games have evolved and changed too, just like that. You can see this process almost occurring within games, especially now that we got all these open game licenses where people are coming out with new things and taking old stuff and adding new to them. And then someone else takes it and bounces back and forth. You see an almost sort of dialectical process occurring with the evolution of our games. I like new games. I don't like to learn a whole lot of new systems all the time. So the simpler the new system is, the easier it's to do. So while I play old games, and a lot of them because I liked them and played them, I'm not hung up on just wanting to play the old games. I just happen to have a preference for those flavors of D&D and a lot of stuff to run it. <laughs> yep, agree. So, you know, are we grognards in the sense that, yes, we like OSR games. We like playing, you know, um, old D&D, BX, and first edition style games. Not that we have anything against 5e. I mean, we've all played modern systems and modern games. We do enjoy playing new games. You know, we got Mothership coming up that, you know, we're all looking forward to and all the, all the free league stuff we do enjoy. Um, we're not caught up in just playing, oh my gosh, I only play first ed- edition advanced D&D and that's it, the end, buy the rule book and, you know, nothing else. We've, we've tried to evolve our games with time. So, you know, are we grognards? In some areas, yes. But in other areas, I would say, you know, I no, <laughs> I definitely say that my uh, my kind of wheelhouse in my area of expertise or I'm most comfortable with in gaming is probably more considered OSR older games. And that's mostly because I played a lot of those games when they weren't considered old and I played them way past their expiration dates <laughs> <laughs> but they're still good and we've updated the elements of it yeah you know, so yeah like i like i've said i i ran some ad and d like it went third and 3.5 and fourth came out i was still running those older systems at my home game and some of that was just i i I didn't, I had little kids and I didn't have enough. Like I I spent 50 bucks on just a player's guide, 150 bucks to get the game to start when I've got everything to play the fantasy role-playing game at home. I couldn't justify that at the time. (laughs) No, no. So it's one of those that, again, you know, there's some folks that are proud to be grognards and, you know, my question would be, okay, so what aspects of being a grognard are you proud of? So if I'm a grognard, I guess I'm, I am into and proud of like the cool games that exist. Like, old school essentials which is neat and it's got some really wonderful art you know there's a lot of great indie publications coming out for these older style games the older bx based and ad and d based game there's some very innovative new approaches to it i think that's cool i'm proud of what's going on and people are being able to 
put out their own stuff and we don't have to look at a big company to buy more stuff to keep on playing some games that we've been playing for a long time. It keeps it alive. It means it's not past its expiration date. It means sure. we're still keeping it alive. We're still community. growing. It's still evolving. It's not the same old stale thing that we had before. So, you know, where you want to be looking to the future, like you said, and growing in new, new areas in innovating and evolving the game. Now, if you're a grognard that's going to be, you know, racist and transphobic and homophobic, yeah, we don't, we don't continue part part of our community. Then, <laughs> yeah, I'll be a hundred percent. Like, if you're going to be that reactionary and like hateful and and put people down and 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 like that, I'm not going to have you being a person who I'm going to play with to begin with. I'm trying to try my best just not to be associated with you whatsoever I, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep you at a distance 100 i don't want to be around that kind of stuff just in society in general doesn't have to be be with games i don't think you know if that's the way you are you're not a safe person that's not what i'm talking about but i'm talking about being a grognard and if that's what you're associating with being a grognard you're proud of that then yeah i'm not that kind of thing yeah yeah that's that's a problem <laughs> yeah no, no you should probably get some help <laughs> you know Obviously, we've seen a small contingent, you know, spearheaded by one or two individuals, it seems like, in regards to the um, old D&D type of uh, properties and um, history, let's say. And um, as most folks are aware, probably there's been controversy because they've said hateful things and, you know, we don't want to associate with those. (laughs) I've tried very hard not to mention specific individuals on this show or specific companies that have these problems mostly because i don't i don't want them to just have publicity or attention i'd like for them to just kind of be failed and in the background (laughs) that's i'm not interested in getting enmeshed with the disgusting things they involve themselves in either just not i want nothing to do with those kind of people that's one of the reasons i've not like having episodes where i'm just complaining about other people and stuff like that like there will be some especially on the side of some people who are more bigoted like they kind of get their attention by talking trash and saying horrible things to others it's kind of their stick and kind of what they rely on to oh well i'm gonna drum up all this controversy by saying the shittiest most regressive things i can say and then they got a bunch of kind of foul people that come rushing to stand up for them saying with whatever catchphrase of the day, free speech, freeze peach or something like that. Like, <laughs> nobody stopped you from saying it in the first place, but I don't see how you didn't have the freeze peach in your exactly. mouth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No one's stopping you from saying it, but. But we can Ill- say something too. We can say something too. It's not illegal to say it. So you do have free speech, but there are consequences to what you say, right? So yeah, there's a difference between the free speech and and being held accountable to your actions, right? Like you can be held accountable to your actions, but those people who have those more aggressive views have a big aversion to being held accountable to their actions. Yeah, they would want to be able to get away for with saying hateful stuff, which doesn't work in today's society. So. So, yeah, that's not what I, when I say, am I a grognard? That's definitely not what I'm asking. (laughs) When I say, am I a grognard? I mean, am I clinging a little bit too much to this old player's handbook that I've got that's decades and decades and decades old at this point, you know? (laughs) Some of them are pretty old. 
Um, I, I'm not old enough. I was born in the 70s. We were born in the 70s. So when OD&D and that white box came out, I was not, yeah, that was not a thing I played. I didn't even know about D&D until there was an advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And I started playing sci-fi games. Specifically, my first game was the Doctor Who fossil role-playing game. So when I'm talking about old games, I'm talking about a lot more than just Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm not really talking about that white box era, early D&D, you know, the old games I played, that's where I got my start. I'll say the mass of my role playing that existed through my life when I played the most was throughout the entirety of the 90s. Anything that came out in the 90s, I was probably, I tried a lot of games that came out then. Are those old games? Are they old school? Are they grognard? Eh, that's debatable. There were some new things that came out then that changed gaming a lot. A lot of those games that came out in the 80s that I really like and systems that came out in the 80s, I held on to through the 90s. Um, some of them were old then. Some of them weren't. Eh, I think it's like one of those things where the OSR has vague definitions. <laughs> it does. I mean, we had an earlier webcast or podcast, sorry, about that as well, too. So I think it's, you know, it's, you can enjoy the, like you said, old systems. And I think we can evolve and can continue to innovate into new areas. Like, like you said, the new zines that are coming out in the publications, right? We're not stuck just playing the old system strictly. We're looking yeah. to evolve and add on to the OSR systems. And that's, that's why we talked about, you know, some of the Renaissance, which is the part that we're enjoying is the Renaissance. Yeah. When I got into these games, I, the rule books were guidelines and we made our own stuff up often and what i like about what's going on now is what people made up on their own is now stuff that people are putting out for us to check out and say oh these are great ideas we can add to our game it's a community driven thing i know when i first started doing some role-playing blogging on the earlier site that we had blogging i talked about um open gaming and that concept of a community driven gaming and that's going on, and that's really strong in the zine area. I love it. Really strong with print-on-demand and stuff like that. I like having this open gaming concept where everybody is able to contribute, and the community kind of builds it together. Separately, everybody adds their input. I think that's cool, and that's great. We don't need some centrally planned corporation deciding what it is that the rules are and what gets to come out, we get to do it ourselves. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and that's, and that's a part of the uh, Renaissance that we are enjoying. And again, we do play a lot of the newer games out there as well, too. Like with the free league system, we really enjoy that. We've been playing that, you know, we have nothing against 5e. This is one of those that it's a style of play that we prefer from what we've used to growing up. That's all. Yeah. And I'm going to put one last thing because we're really coming close on time. Like I've said before, when I, as, a, as an artist, I often go back to doing the basics, like drawing shapes and doing a lot of the upside down Picassos and doing some of the basic fundamental things that they teach you. And I come out of that with a lot of, a lot of things that I've relearned or learned or retrained, and I've come out with something new. And I feel that going back to the basics, going back to some of the older stuff and looking what was there, a lot of times what we do is the same thing and we come out and we look at those and adjust and we come out with something totally new. Whereas there was a new thing that came out in 2000 
And there was a certain style of the game that happened with third edition. And that keeps on getting built onto by a lot of different strands of the game. We're kind of looking back before that and trying to come up with something that's different than that, it seems. And much more new innovative things come out of it. For instance, Forbidden Lands, which is not a D&D system at all. It's a D6 based system with four attributes, has a lot of differences. All the rolling conventions are different, but it took a lot from those older games and kind of looked at how they were used and came out with something new. I like that. I like new games. I also like my old ones. <laughs> well, for sure. You know, like say Ascending Armor Class versus Descending Armor Class. I grew up playing Descending Armor Class, but I prefer using Ascending Armor Class. Um, oh, I don't yeah. like I don't like using Thacko. I like using Bonus to Hit, and it adds it up a lot easier. So... And I'd like, and I know that you've said this before, and I've said this as well. You're the dungeon master who runs Astonishing Swords and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, which is a descending armor class system. You run, you are running the descending armor class system. You prefer yeah. an ascending armor. I prefer class. ascending. <laughs> I gotta I gotta agree with you. When third edition did come out, I was a big fan of that ascending armor class. I thought it was a great idea. I always have been. I like it. I still ran Thacko for quite a few years running second edition. It's easier to run ascending armor class than it the is, rest of the Thacko. Sure. It just is. It's just quicker and easier. Players don't ask as many questions for week to week. People often forget how to do it, et cetera, yep. et cetera. But, we are way over time. <laughs> <laughs> good discussion. Good discussion. We keep on going with this? Because <laughs> I feel like I'm going to roll. <laughs> we can if you want. You want to keep on going for long? Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's, let's try to, I think we should probably try to wrap it up and see if we can keep it under 20, under 20 at this point, maybe have a slightly longer episode before Christmas. Maybe we can have a Christmas Eve slight Christmas special. Eve is, okay. This is our Christmas Eve special. We <laughs> grognarded too long. We grognarded too long. Well, okay. So going on, on, on armor classes, like you said, you know, I prefer ascending, but I still get excited with descending just because of the nostalgia, right? When yeah. you say that something has an armor class of negative one. You're like, holy crap, that thing is powerful. <laughs> it has a, a minus one armor class. I need to roll like a 21 to hit. So for me, I still get that excitement, right? Yeah, I love, I I, I love, and I do, I love the, I don't, I don't, I do like Ascending. I love how Castles and Crusades handles it. I, yes. Agreed. Such a great system to run, really not difficult to run. One of the easiest for me to run. I really appreciate Castles and Crusades for that. I also really like AD&D. <laughs> I enjoy playing it, you know, so. Yeah, I mean. Six and one, half with. a dozen of the other. Yeah, it's, it's what we grew up with. So we have the nostalgia. So are we grognards because of that? Probably. But we do acknowledge that ascending armor class mechanically is easier to run as in game. I mean, it just is. <laughs> yeah, nostalgia plays a lot. The rose-colored glasses so often. I, I like looking through certain books when I'm making a character or playing a game because I've ha had those books for so long. Well, we're way past time. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Share with your friends. Follow us on the Facebook. Just search Wildbees and Wizards. We get pretty active on there. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hail Crom. And keep those dice rolling. Let us know if you're a grognark that still crowns your dice in for the, <laughs> for the numbers. We're still crowning, crowning in our dice. Crowning in the dice. Yep. I, used, I used testers on mine. 
that's a, that's a little bit more permanent, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and I had to use a file to kind of fix it up a little bit. Well, your file is going to imbalance those dice. It's imbalance your dice a little bit if you take away the plastic off of it. I was a kid. I know. <laughs>